Hello? Hello? Hey y'all, my name is Phoebe Hunt and you've tuned in to Listen First. This is my podcast where basically I'm going to dissect songs that I just wrote with some of my best friends here in Nashville. Over the past 15 years of traveling around and playing my songs, I've met some incredible songwriters. Some of them are established artists that you've probably heard of, and some of them are up and coming, just like myself. Each episode, I'll take the recording and dissect what was happening in the mind of the songwriter. You'll hear the mistakes and the thought process behind finding the perfect line or the perfect rhyme. Now, because these songs are not yet commercially released, you can really only hear them exclusively here. You can't download them, you can't share them with your friends, but you can invite your friends to listen first with you. And hey, one of these days, one of these songs might end up as a huge hit, and it would be wonderful to have shared the experience of the first listen with you. Thanks again for tuning in to Listen First. Hi, and welcome to episode seven of Listen First. Today's episode is going to feature a song I wrote with Lindsay Liu, and we got together the day after the tornado hit Nashville and wrote this song, and she had actually begun it before the tornado hit. It must have been some sort of intuition. And we got together, and then we created this song about reconstruction and this was before corona hit the world and everyone went into self-isolation so this was about reconstructing a town that had just been hit by a city but i think it really applies to to this present time also so listen to our conversation and then you'll hear the first time we ever played the new song silent or reconstruction hello hello hey how you doing? Can you hear me? Yeah. <laughs> Great. I just had the idea of doing this with my friends to highlight the creativity and the, I don't know, since we haven't been hanging out, actually being in person with people, this is an excuse to have a virtual hang, but also be productive and to talk about creativity and what. Really, I have absolutely no rules as far as what we chat about. We could talk about the song we wrote together or what's going on right now or any creative inspirations you're having. It's just open. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've been having a rough go of it since this started. Just the overwhelming feeling of, I don't know, I got swept away with the with some irrationals, like the feeling that that, that, that everything is, over like life is over even though it's not but just I'm such a goal-oriented person and this this just I don't know I just humbled into a sort of flailing of sorts which you know is not I'm sort of always fighting against that tendency I think but when I have a goal when I have a record or when I have a, a festival that I'm preparing for some something that I'm some sort of a goal-oriented way of being creative, that's, 
I get really into that, and I love it, and I'm, I feel really driven. But when the gigs got pulled out from under us and everything went to into this unknown, I, just, I felt like the bottom fell out. And I know I'm not alone in this, but, boy, it's, it's really uncomfortable as a creative person to to feel that sort of lack of drive or ambition. So I've just been sitting with it, and I've been journaling and started to write. I have two hat. Well, I've, I've written a little bit. I've written some, but, you know, on the live streams have been a creative outlet. But, yeah, I've just been taking things one day at a time and just, like everybody keeps saying, be gentle with yourself. So I've been... <laughs> doing my best to do that but even that's a, a bit of a struggle so you know because we, we want to be we live in this culture where it's just be driven be getting better be productive be constantly growing and moving forward and i just have this feeling of being with the Tao and not trying not producing just being and yeah it's been a bit of a roller coaster but that day that you came over to that was so nice because I had been feeling maybe similarly leading up to that and it's, it's so nice when you sit down to do something and you're just like let's separate and, and each write whatever just freeform for a little bit and I what I wrote down it was one of the nice pleasant rare moments I like that I like the way that that sounds and it and it ended up fitting so nicely with that other song that I had been wanting to that I'd written years before, just a chorus and it went so nicely with it. And having you there to like spark that flame, you know, that's such a nice thing about co creativity and co writing is it's it can feel really natural and, and loosen up any places that have been closed or, or tight and yeah, that was really nice. Oh, Lindsay, thank you for sharing so vulnerably about your experience and how you're feeling right now. And I'm just so grateful to know you and someone who's just so honest and raw and just willing to be open, even if it's not comfortable. And I hear you, you know, I know I bet there's a lot of people who resonate with those feelings. Like that's definitely part of all of this that's happening is we, this, Stepping into the unknown, being comfortable with the mystery. What does let, letting go of the plans that we had and finding a way to reconstruct, which is interesting that you're talking about all this because it's so in alignment with the song that came out of the day. It was literally called Reconstruction. And it was happened right after the tornado had hit Nashville. So we were writing about the reconstruction after a tornado. And then literally something really magical happened actually that then you had a studio recession booked like the next day and we ended up recording <laughs> our song like that that's also very magical to me that we wrote it and then the very next day or two days later or something we were in a studio with your full band yeah. recording a produced version of the song which might be revealed at some point in the future and I understand that's probably a big question mark but interesting how fast creativity can happen sometimes but just reflecting back a little more about what you're saying like modern the chorus of the song has exactly what you just said in it which makes me realize just how authentically you write when you're writing songs you wrote modern culture hasn't clearly whispered into my ear about something like this yeah 
Yeah. And here we are. Yeah. And here we are. And then right after that, the whole country and the whole world shut down. So it like then it had a whole new meaning, even though that we didn't even realize it. That blows my mind. It was as if there was some premonition involved. It was, and you said you had written it years before. Yeah, yeah, that that, that the chorus part. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember what inspired the chorus? Because it's so relevant to now that I didn't realize you had written the chorus years before. Like, will you put a little light on? Do you remember what inspired that? Yeah, I opened myself up in a new relationship sort of way, and it was sometimes you just step out of whatever the norm is, and I was just sitting with the a similar thing of just being not knowing what to say, not knowing how to what to, how to even explain to myself what the nature of what I wanted or and I guess yeah that's all I'll say about it <laughs> but it was on matters of of the heart it's funny how matters of the heart can become a metaphor for other movements in our lives the whole world mhm it that's a really i keep the the theme of meta keeps coming up within these calls and it's, that was something deep in your heart that then related to the experience in Nashville that then related to the experience of the entire world Mm-hmm. And to me, that's interesting, the connection between something that so sacredly was sparked between you and whatever relationship, personal thing you were experiencing, that then one layer out is this city that you live in, and then one layer out is, like, the entire planet. Yeah. I don't know, that just also blows my mind yeah. to feel that experience on so many visceral levels. Yeah. Yeah, it's like little tricks of language or something that that unites all of these different orders of understanding and connection. We must have been on the profound. (laughs) (laughs) We were swimming in it. At some place, we're always swimming in it. I feel like every time you and I connect there, we get to this, I don't know how to explain it, this level of like creativity that always, that so far in my relationship that's been a theme (laughs) that we have these little moments they're very small glimpses of time where we are two beings intersect and when that happens whenever that happens it seems that there's these massive creative explosions about the both times you came out you came to my house and hung out and we wrote a song but then you went and finished with steve pulse and anthony DaCosta and Mm -hmm. A song came out of the first, that was like the first time we ever hung out. And then the second time was like at a festival or something backstage, or I don't know, maybe I'm out of order. But anyway, I just remember that every time it's been like these events, even if it's just us in a living room or at your house or then we're at a recording studio, then we're at a festival, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's nice. We do seem to have that sort of connection. I mean, on that note, just of your being so honest, I feel like it'd be nice to share the song that we wrote together. Hell yeah. Bye. 
I love that download. It's funny how sometimes, you know, some, more often than not, actually, that 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 first demo that you make becomes the thing that that you love. And it's like if you can't make something, if you can't record something that that has the same spirit as that initial inception, it's throwaway. <laughs> but that first demo that you get that captures the spirit of the song is always. There's something so special about it and something that it's easy to get attached to. I'm happy to share this demo with everybody. It is interesting how we fall in love with the baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> fall in love with the baby, but then we would never, like, put the baby out on Spotify. Right. Yeah, yeah, because you want to put it in its Sunday best and <laughs> allow it some time to become. And it's so nice just to get other ears on, on it and bring in new elements and just let it let it develop into whatever it could be and sometimes it can take a time or two and or it's funny because most of my writing and creativity has gone through this process this filter of being in a band and being in a touring band and so I'll write a song and I'll bring it to the band and we'll play it and over time we all get to know it 
in such a different way. So there's the original, there's the baby that you fall in love with. But then after you play it and everybody gets to know it's nooks and crannies and, and finds these special little places of things to do and maybe some lyric lines, time changes my understanding of some lyric lines and I'll adjust some things. And that's been such a big part of my process is having the band be a part of it over time. So when I come into making a record, I'll have at least half of the songs will be will have that nature to it. And then I'll have maybe a, a few songs that we've been working up. And then it's always nice to have a sort of like wild card, like here's a new song, but I think it's just the right type of song that we can all step into it and do make an inspired version of it, something that's fresh. So that's been, that was my experience for so long until I went into the studio to make this Sweetwater Warblers record. And this process was more about the three of us writing and talking with Dan, the producer, and, and we had a couple standby songs that we've been playing and that haven't been recorded, but that we've either written together or, or alone, but that were part of our repertoire. And then we had a lot of songs that we had started in the year leading up to it and had been working with Dan on. And then we just rehearsed one day with the band, with these crew of ringers, one day of rehearsal of this whole record, and then we went in and we made the whole thing in three days in the studio mixed it in two so it's just so interesting all of the there is there's it's just so interesting how there isn't one way to go about these things there's endless ways to go about them and each has their strengths and can bring out maybe a a different wonder of the whole thing i don't know it's just interesting and even just the realization of that is so interesting too i i also resonate so deeply with what you're saying like when I first started making albums it was with the Belleville outfit and it was like we were making albums because we were playing shows and it was like a demand like the people at the shows were like where's your album Mm -hmm. so we like made an album so that we could like give it to them like it was like they asked for it so we like needed to make something and we were like behind and so we just had to go to the studio to make an album so that we have it available at our shows because we were just on the road and on the road and then that became, like, the, the way to make an album. But then I did, yeah, my first EP was with producer Matt Rawlings. And it was such an opposite experience from that because it was Ringers in L.A. Matt and I had written a lot of the songs together, and he and I had done a lot of pre-production. And he and I had spent hours together. But all of a sudden, these dudes that I hadn't, I didn't had never met them before and they were really great musicians, and they were his friends, and I was, like, the voice. And, mm-hmm. and for that, I was really uncomfortable. I wasn't, un- I was a little uncomfortable. Like just, it just was so out of my wheelhouse to have an album made around my voice, <laughs> mm-hmm. but with not the intention of that band touring the album with me. Cause I had for like four years, always then toured the album with the same guys that recorded it. Right. And it was like, Whoa, it was so different. And then it actually was, difficult for me to tour that album I I brought together a few friends that were able to play it but we never sounded like the album when we were touring behind it but I felt like I had to tour behind it because that's what you're supposed to do for some reason Mm. and I remember them thinking I didn't I really liked the music that came out of it I love the EP I still listen to it and I feel like it just sounds so it's like piece of artwork but Mm -hmm. 
it didn't ever feel like completely connected to me as an artist because I didn't know the guys that were on it, even though they're like the most super pro you can get. Mm -hmm. And then the next one was, so I just did a live album after that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like like, it was with my friends in Texas and we were just like, let's just literally play a live album and it's going to have a ton of songs on it because the EP had five songs and they worked on them so hard. And so for the live album, it was like 17 songs that are just like from one show live at the Cactus Cafe. And that was felt really freeing to me. But right after I recorded it, I like moved to New York. And then I I wasn't playing with those guys anymore. And then I found like my guys. I, I found guys that liked to play with Dom so I really wanted to have this vision in my mind to marry those two things. I wanted to marry the recording in a studio with like super pro thing, because that is just out of this world, the music that comes out of it. But I also really wanted the people that were on the album to feel like it was their album, like they were connected mm-hmm. to it. And then when I toured it, it was like our tour so that we weren't, I wasn't just like me touring and these guys that, you know, had no connection to the music. So it was, instead it was like a family. And I liked that feeling. Mm-hmm. So we, with Shanti's Shadow, we did that. And mm-hmm. I felt like I found the guys that really helped me, lift me up. Like they're some of the most amazing musicians I've ever met in my life. But they're also my brothers. Yeah. So I got that kind of mix. I feel like that's a vibe you have with at least the band that when I went to the studio with you the other day and we recorded this song, I felt that from you. I felt that same energy in there they were just like cheering you on being like lifting you up and doing however many takes you needed in order to it felt comfortable and just like in the interim being like oh yeah like Lindsay you're just a star and you're gonna this is gonna be amazing and just and you are and it hit your voice and your writing and everything's incredible but it felt like that same support that I feel from my band which was really beautiful. I really needed to be in the studio with y'all that day to remember how amazing that feels just on my own personal note because now I live in here in Nashville and they're all split around the world in the country but I still think that the relationship we have is so sacred and I feel that brotherhood and lifted up from it. But all that is just a rant to say like the path of different kinds of recordings and like the place that they have within the music and then just to the demo, the baby, back to the baby of the song which... Mm -hmm. I guess is what we're showing now, but <laughs> that's a whole nother way to release something. I've never done that before. Yeah. So this is a new process. And and this is kind of cool because I get to actually have these conversations that are part of it. Like you them hearing, you, anybody hearing, if, if anyone even is listening, hearing the interaction that you and I have and like the way that we are when we're together. And that has, how that plays a part into the song itself instead of just, like, the produced version. The, I, I feel like the Warblers thing was a, a little bit of that, too, because I did know pretty much everybody there. Jen Gunderman was the only one in the studio that I hadn't already hung out with and knew, but she was just such a joy to work with on the keys and the piano. But it's all about, like you said, just, like, somebody holding that that sacred space for you and lifting you up and just holding the space for your voice to speak. The time in the studio that you came in, that was, those were like, those are pretty long days and they were, it was also totally different. It's just so different every time depending on the scenario. But yeah, sometimes it's easy and sometimes it's arduous, but it's always feels like you're doing the good work just by 
putting your nose to the grindstone. Thanks for tuning in to Listen First. All of my Patreon subscribers act as a grassroots cooperative publishing deal for me and the other songwriters on this podcast. So if you like what you heard, please subscribe too. Thanks for listening first. To subscribe, just go to www.phoebehuntmusic.com slash podcast and click become a patron of Listen First.